and welcome to the very first Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff and I'm from Twickenham CC and I'm very pleased to be able to welcome three esteemed souls alongside me to chat about all things Middlesex. First up, we have Salman Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. Hi, chaps. Good evening. Good evening. And uh, alongside him, we have Nick Brown, who's from Hampstead CC and, of course, is the uh, Secretary of the League. Evening, Nick. Good evening. Thank you very much for inviting me. Our pleasure, Nick. Our pleasure. No better place to start, I think, with a new podcast about a league than with that league secretary. Um, Finally, we also have in the background, making sure all of this works, um, a fellow member of Twickenham CC, Eugene Berger. Eugene, you there, Gov? Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Very well. Great to have you on board. Eugene is our, our technical um, aficionado here. He's making sure that we record things properly and this all gets out onto the, um, you know, on, onto the World Wide Web. So um, he, he really is the key man, even if uh, we might not hear that much from him today. I was going to kick off, guys, by asking you to say a little bit more about yourselves. Nick, do you want to kick off? Of course. Um, well, I came down, I've played cricket pretty much all my life. I came, I came down to London, if you like, permanently. So that's aside from university in about 1996. And when I first started, I was carrying on playing in the North Wales Cricket League because I was captain of the team up there. Marble, which, I which ju- team? I didn't know this, Nick. Which team were you captain of? I was captain of Mark Wheel Cricket Club. The, I know Mark Wheel very well. Yes. In the in what was in the McAlpine estate, but is no yep. longer in the McAlpine estate. One of the finest grounds that you could ever wish to play at. I have, um, um, I got a golden duck. I got a diamond duck at Markville, no less. First ball of the right? game. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? I did. Well, I'm still, yeah. in, I'm still in contact with John Bell, the uh, esteemed uh, former chairman of the club. And uh, he lives in Thailand now for, and, uh, and, and, uh, and a great sage and orator about anything to do with cricket. You could lose many hours and days sitting with John Bell talking about his stories about cricket. There is no cricket place he's not been to and no cricket experience he hasn't had. And life experience, Mom. quite frankly. But uh, yes, so I came down to London in uh, 96. I started playing for Hampstead in 98. Um, and I have been there ever since. I have. So, I captain, Nick, can you, sorry. I was going to ask both of you, can, can you just tell us your first ever game then in the County League? And I'll get on to well, what we're going to talk about in terms of um, the County League in due course. But I'm keen to know what was your first game in the County League and what do you remember? Of? Well, yeah, uh, well... I think I, I, I looked up on the, the ham because we keep most of our records on play cricket, but back then we didn't quite the same. But when I first started in the county league, it was just, um, I think, 17 or 18 teams, one league. You played everybody once and that was it. And my recollection of my first game was away at Enfield. And I don't nice place to play. Mo- good place to bat. Yeah, absolutely. Good place to start. Uh, I don't remember much about the game. I don't remember. We batted second, I remember, and I can remember me batting uh, pretty slowly, which was a bit, which wasn't really my, uh, and, and sort of in a measured way, trying to walk our way up to the total. And then myself and the other guy got out, and we ended up winning the game, I think, in a much more tight game than, than it ought to have been. And that, I think, was my first ever game for Hampstead Cricket Club in the second eleven. 
in about 1998 at Enfield, so playing in the second eleven. Cool. Thanks, Nick. Um, Sal, how about you? What, what a bit of your cricket background and your first game in the county league? Can you can you run so, us through it? Yeah, so I started at, well started at North London and obviously still there now. I'm not playing anymore though. Um, that's probably going back around 25 years now. And started off in the third eleven. Played in two seasons there. Captain the third eleven. Moved into the twos. Captain the twos. And then sort of flitted in between the ones and the twos for sort of my rest of my time there. My first game, I can't remember it entirely. I think it was Barnes away, but I remember my first first eleven game, which was played away at um, the old Barclays Bank team, which sort of became oh. Barnet afterwards. I think um, yeah, in two thousand. This was in two thousand. And I've got the scorecard here because I managed to get it on our, on our website. And we won. So you really are an anorak, aren't you? I'm impressed. Oh, honestly, you, you know me, mate. Um, and actually convincing him win. And in that team, we had Tom Wakeford playing, who's still playing now, played in the first team this season. So that's like 19 years ago, and he's still, still yeah. turning out for us. And we also had, um, not sure if many people know this, but Simon Mann used to play for North London Cricket Club, the Test Match Special Commentator. And Rund. he played, he played that. that day. Yeah, he was a, a durable sort of number six, seven, gritty sort of batsman, fantastic fielder. Played his cricket really hard, and he was a regular one player for us until he stopped playing, obviously, and started his commentating career. Um, and we won quite easy. My figures that day, I'll let you know quickly if you want to, were uh, seven overs, <laughs> four maidens, naught for five. You, I thought they were going to be a good chance to I, say I, we didn't. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I was going to say, no, we're not, we were going to get them come what may, and they were never going to be seven overs, no maiden, none for 84, were they? Yeah. Well, that's probably happened once, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that. that was good, it was a good win, comfortable win for us, yeah. That, that was my excellent. Sort of, Initial introduction. I should say as well, my, my first game, um, <coughs> I, I came down much like you, Nick, at the, uh, about 20-odd years ago from, from Shropshire, hence I know Mark Wheel. And um, my first game in the County League, of course, because we only joined the County League in 2007, was at Barnet Bees. So uh, Barnet Bees were an amalgamation of Barnet and Barclays. Um, didn't last long as Barnet Bees. They, they, they dropped out of the league soon after that. And uh, we won at Barnet. And it's, it, it's the one and only season... In our entire history in the Middlesex County League at Twickenham, where Carlos Nunes has not been captain, um, and John Varney was the captain then. So uh, we, we won pretty easily, we had a good season, and as was a constant, I didn't do much. Uh, that season we were, we were pretty strong batting-wise, so uh, I, I didn't bat on that day, and I think only batted six times all year because because um, we, we had quite a strong top order. Um, good stuff. Guys, just a little bit... What I would say, Dan if you don't mind, is that I'm not sure that there could be a more stark contrast between the first game you played at Barnet Bees yep. away and the game that I played at Enfield. Because I remember playing at Barnet Bees and it was the worst wicket I've ever played on. And I, and I played in working Ooh, that's men's a big club call. cricket. Yeah. Work, I played in working men's club cricket when I first started playing. And I, I will never forget Ross Antrobus, uh, second eleven stalwart of Hampstead, saying these wickets never play as bad as, bad as you think. And, uh, huh. and, uh, and and my my northern background, I think I might have got thirty that game, and that isn't why I remember it. But I mean, it was it was. I remember there was a lad bowling spin who was pretty much pitching it off the strip and still turning it back, so you had to play it. I mean, it was wow. so bad. They're, they, I mean, you know, with respect to the administration there, they are no loss to the Middlesex County Cricket League. These are big words from a league secretary. Although <laughs> I see, 
the angle. What I would say is we, we'd spent um, all of our cricketing uh, history, Twickenham, that is, in the Middlesex Championship. And, and the, the times that we'd played county league clubs, we, we, we'd, we'd played Finchley, we'd played Teddington, we'd played Richmond. So when, when we finally got promoted, we were overjoyed. And, of course, we, we, all, we all went over to Barnet on a really wet May day. And we had a really good overseas, Pete Carey, a New Zealand guy. And he faced the very first ball that we, we, you know, we received as a club in the county league. And it came along at about 15 mile an hour. Uh, it was just so wet and and and, and slushy almost, but uh, yeah, it wasn't quite how we envisaged it being. I'll be honest, and I have to say things have got much better um, since. That the, the rest of the league, thankfully, uh, is a slightly uh, slightly better uh, place to play the game than than perhaps Barnet was back in the day. What I was going to say, guys, it might be worth just saying why we're doing this and um, what the aims are. First of all, we're speaking for ourselves. Um, the, the Middlesex County Cricket League. Um, we're not speaking for them. We're not giving out new league statements. Uh, we're not sort of coming up with new ideas that, that are suddenly league rules. Far from it. This is just uh, three guys talking about what interests them in and around the county league. Um, we're doing it as part of a move to um, really to broaden the way that the county league talks about itself and sells itself. I don't know if you want to say a little bit about that, Sal, because, of course, you've done news reports. We have a Twitter feed. This is part of a bigger strategy, right? Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to expand how we have thoughts sort of sell the product I imagine of the league itself we have we have a new section we've got a twitter page um and this is like the sort of next kind of avenue we're looking to explore so we're podcast featuring obviously players within the league itself uh committee members officials and anyone else associated with the league so you know it's just gonna be like a, a weekly occurrence hopefully and obviously yeah again it's just it's just something that people can sort of you know connect to and um listening to every every sort of week to get their sort of weekly dosage of stuff that's happening in the league itself from yeah. people who are in the own kind of thing, really. I think it's fair to say weekly dosage during the season. I suspect that through yeah. the long winter yeah. months, it might not be quite as free. Although I'm like you, no. you guys, I, I could talk about it for hours on hour on end. I'd just end up getting divorced if I did that. So, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, all good. Um, what I would say, Nick, you've already sort of ruined this, uh, to be honest. I was going to say, we're going to try and be positive. Uh, and we're going to try and uh, and talk about sort of things that interest us. And we, we have no beef with any clubs other than Barnet, evidently. Um, we have no beef with any clubs and we're not going to do, do uh, we're not here to do anyone a disservice. It's just really to talk about what happens. Uh, be positive, be interested and be curious. And if Sal's around, be statistically up to date, I suspect, uh, on, on all that's going on, um, all that's going on in the league. Um, Nick, I was going to come to you. you you've, you've been secretary Please. for a couple of years, right? Um, three years? years, I think. Three, three years. Three think. years, and the, the league's come a long way in that in, in that period. Lots has changed. I mean, uh, as has to be the case. But can you give us a bit of a background on the league? So talk to us about uh, you know sort of where it started. I mean, you don't have to go into great detail, but where is the league now? How would you summarise our, our current position? Well, let's do that. Let's do that in two parts. I mean the. The league started in, in 1972. Uh, that, that predates me. And, um, and, <laughs> and, and me, up, for up, the record. <laughs> and, and, and up until, uh, and up until the, the advent of the ECB Premier League, it was played as, a cl- as if I recall correctly, as a closed shop. I think, right. it, was, I think it was 18 teams. And you paid everyone once, and everyone had a everyone had a free week during the season, and that was it. Uh, you know, and um, and then the advent of the ECB Premier League, which which um, I wasn't secretary then, but the the um, 
the mandate from the ECB was that leagues needed to be open, so needed to have promotion and relegation. And um, I remember uh, the first year of um, the, the, the people at Ealing won't necessarily want to remember this, but in the uh, I think it was the first year of the the before the before it was decided who was going to because it was going to be leagues of ten. It was there were obviously eighteen teams in the league, so it was the top top ten where it stayed, and the bottom eight went into Division Two. And in the first season, when the relegation was decided, Ealing were in Division Two. Ealing finished in the bottom in the in the bottom eight, and uh, and Hampstead too, as I recall. And uh, and so for the sec so for the first season of the ECB Premier League, I think Ealing were in the were in the, the second division or the first division, whichever you want to call it, the the second tier. And I, I would imagine it was the, I, but I think it was the only year that they ever spent outside the, ever, ever spent out that outside that, and, and not long after they went on that historic nine, nine years in a row win. Yeah. So, um, so that was the county league of three divisions of uh, three, if you like, I call them columns because it's wrong to call them pyramids. Really, three tiers of uh, three of uh, of ten, and that existed for quite some time. Out of interest, um, was there a, has anyone ever talked about this? I appreciate it's before your time, but of course, where yeah. we come from, it's generally 12 teams in the league. And it still is in, in Birmingham, the, the league I know best. Um, I've never yeah. heard any serious discussions in Middlesex about that. Do you know if there ever were any? I don't. I mean, I can only assume that because clubs were accustomed to playing 17 stroke eight, 17 games, the, the decision was that they continue playing circuit. Mean, mean you go to ten and play eighteen games, so you don't have a bye week, as opposed to the Birmingham League and other leagues that play twenty-four games, where you're playing bank holidays. Oh, twenty-two, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or you play you play some bank holiday or twenty-two, twenty, and you're playing bank holidays and and um, and starting a bit earlier, and maybe finishing later. It's yeah, that, that seems very logical. Discussed. Yeah, that seems very it, logical, it, and, it, and I think with the Birmingham League as well, they've even gone one step further this year. They had playoffs this year. Um, mm. And so you had uh, the Shropshire, Warwickshire, Worcestershire and Staffordshire leagues. Or the winners of those leagues all went into a round-robin tournament at the end of the season to decide which two mm. would go into the Birmingham League. So it felt like they played about 180 games a season. It was crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, we've, we've sort of moved on to something, moved on to something else. And I'd like, I'd like to come back to that, that, idea, that, idea, of, that idea of playoffs. So if, if cool. just yeah. um, the, uh, so the league... Uh, for for once it went in the Premier League was three columns of three with promotion and relegation between the two, and then the nineteen eighty seven league fed into the bottom tier of the th of what was the third eleven league. It was called third eleven league then because it was only third elevens that played in it, and uh, and then the Middlesex Championship had had uh, theoretical promotion into the bottom of the county league. I, I understand that a number of clubs failed to get in on a for a variety of reasons. Um, who'd won the, the champion who'd won the Middlesex Championship but but weren't allowed in for a variety of reasons, ground quality and, yeah. and t tenure and that type of stuff. In practice, Nick, um, it was really Osterley who were ridiculously strong at that and we came second, I think three years running. And right. um, they, they were a really strong team, but they didn't meet uh, a number of the criteria. You're right. So we, uh, yeah. we had to twiddle our thumbs and try and win the next year. Yeah. So, uh, so that existed for years, for a long time, as far as I could see. And then, then, the, then the first part of the expansion was the um, amalgamation or the takeover of the 1987 league. And that, 
that in truth was very straightforward and made a lot of sense. Uh, the 1987 league were was uh, five divisions of ten teams, so circa fifty, so circa fifty teams, and they had promotion and relegation. Uh, and the top, uh, I think it was top two, or maybe it was top one. No, top it one. Was, top one. It was top yep. one. So the top team in the in the first division of the 1987 league would replace the bottom team in um, of the third division of the third 11s. And, uh, and that existed for years and years and years. And, and the 1987 League administration did a fantastic job in providing cricket for all the teams and players that wouldn't otherwise get games in the Middlesex County League because all the County League had was third 11. So it was really smaller clubs and uh, fourth 11s to the extent that clubs had fourth 11s back then. Hampstead didn't have a fourth 11 back then I, I, I'm, uh, because I know when the Hampstead fourth 11 started. Um, <laughs> So the, the, the 1987 league did a fa fantastic job. But over the years of the 1987 league, which one assumes started in 1987, what happened, yep. what, what, what happened was that um, the county league clubs expanded and got more teams. And it got to the point where of the 50 uh, 1987 league teams i think 40 to 40 plus were affiliates of um county league clubs so it would have been twickenham fours and twickenham fives and eventually yep. hampstead fours and hampstead fives and uh, north middlesex and uh, highgate and ealing richmond i think they're the only ones that run five teams i hope i haven't it's not finchley north london north london north london run five that's right yeah. thank you for that and um, and so the the, the um, there was a you know a merger which sort of suited everyone I think and that happened uh, two years ago two years ago perhaps I think I think this was, this? this was the first year yeah this is the first year was but this the first year so, so yeah. twenty nineteen was the first year and um, as far as I can see. Uh, it's worked. It's worked pretty well. Um, we um... can. I, can I give a special shout out there though to Winchmore Hill Fifths, right? And the reason I say that is that poor <laughs> old Winchmore Hill Fifth. Yeah, you know where this is going to go. But uh, people may not be aware, but the the the, the, um, the the lower echelons of the county league is regionalised, and I totally understand the logic of that. Um, but Winchmore Hill falls through in Division Six A which is the lowest level, the, the, the sixth tier, and uh, Winchmore Hill Fifths had to go in Division 6B, which is basically South Middlesex. Um, and so a lot, all of their away games were at places like Twickenham, um, Richmond, uh, uh, and so forth. So I always felt sorry for those guys. You know, they talk about having um, the odd long away trek. They had it every other week. And, and you know, they, they came mid-table. They got through it. And, um, and, you know, fingers crossed that Winchmore Hill Fours can get their act together and they can move across to the north in due course. Well, yeah. Do you want me to give a? Do you want me to give a a exclu <laughs> an exclusive? Uh, oh, we're all over there. Yes, far away. Well, um, I am often criticised for uh, trying to change things too much. I was the advocate of coloured clothing, pink balls, all sorts of other changes, and and uh, and 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 I feel that my role as league secretary is. Is is one to continually 
put uh, the phrase push the envelope or continually raise the standards and can keep moving keep moving the middlesex county league forward um and uh at a it was a very timely this discussion because we had a middlesex league executive meeting there are five on the executive currently um last night and at the at the meeting last night it was agreed that um it will be put to the put to the AGM, which takes place uh, with the date isn't out, but I think it's going to be that I think we agreed it last night. I think it's the 25th of November uh, that in the regionalized part of the county league, we will allow two teams from the same club to play in the same division. Ooh, well, that could be interesting now, at the AGM. I'm not sure everyone's going to love that. We'll see well, how it goes. It, no it's doubt. just yeah. it, yes, that's right. I mean, the idea, the, the part of the reason for that is that when we did the first season, the regionalisation worked very well, with the with the exception of Winchmore Hill. But this season, we've had a number of there 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 have come up a number of other issues, and uh, if we break away from the principle of regionalisation, then effectively we end up with a mishmash after after not too long and we and it's no longer regionalized and i think the principle of the regionalization is to encourage clubs to um encourage participation by shortening the overall travel time and we felt that that um you know stopping clubs getting promoted because their 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 fourth 11 are in division 5 and their fifth 11 have got promoted but they can't get promoted we just thought that, that that isn't really in keeping with the spirit of the idea of regionalization. There, just, you know, there is no um, appetite or desire to spread that any further than the regionalized portion of the league. So the, the bot, currently the bottom, four, yeah. the, 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 the bottom four divisions of the league. Because I know that there'll be some people that are concerned that, that this, is the, this is the start of you know, allowing, the, you know, uh, if you like, a full... Uh, you know, a full full movability of all clubs, but that isn't the idea. I mean, it's really to allow at the lowest end where I'm not going to decry the lower end because people are playing at the level that they're playing at and they're enjoying it exactly the same as the guys in the first eleven. But but uh, we want to make sure that that you know that that their experience isn't detracted by having long journeys all the time when you have got young players and you have to get five or six young lads to a game. Uh, you know, it, I think it I think it just makes sense. So anyway, it's not agreed because, it, but it's been agreed by the the executive that we're going to put it forward to the AGM for the clubs to vote on, and then something then the to be discussed. Fall, sounds... The dice will fall where they fall. Absolutely, I can see the logic. I, I suspect there'll be an interesting discussion around that one um, c come the end of November. Um, so yeah, hold the back page there, guys. Let's hope the sun pick up on that, and we can have a big splash tomorrow morning when we open our newspapers. Um, Sal, I was going to ask you. Um, there's talk, and, and we talked about this actually when. Uh, um, we were doing a Twickenham CC podcast not so long ago about the role of the Middlesex Championship here. And, and you've played in the Championship, much as I have. Um, what, what, where do you think the Championships could end up in, in future years? Do you think the Championship could well be integrated into the county league? Do you think that's what the Championship wants? What, what's the future of that? Because it's the loose part of the column, isn't it, as it were? It's the one bit that doesn't, that doesn't seem to fit at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the natural progression should be that they join the structure that we're involving and sort of form the pyramid with the 87 league now, obviously, merged as Dan, sorry, Nick has explained, and county league set up into three divisions. Uh, it, it's just it's a natural progression in my eyes. I can't see why it shouldn't happen. Obviously, there may be some sort of stumbling blocks along the way, 
but if the, their structure is now exactly the same as our structure. So obviously they had a different point system a few years back, which has now been changed. It's the same as our point structure. They play the same format now in, in the ones where they play a split season with the limited overs and, and the time of cricket. So it's all geared towards now becoming part of our league. Uh, mm. So and also we've we've you know we've old sort of members of the MCCL now playing in that league as well now. If you look at the Division One. I think there's four yeah, or five some familiar names in there, aren't they? You're right, Actonians, so yeah, it, Kenton. You know, Southampton got promotion, I think, this year. But yeah, you said Olax, Brentford Two's playing in 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 the Twos division. So in my eyes, it just makes sense for it to happen, really. And also, in terms of the officials, I know the counter league in terms of the umpires um, situation. They often start off in the championship and they get promotion into the counter league as well. So there's, a, there's already a link created there in terms of the officials. So surely the next step would be for the leagues to join as one. Um, I'm not sure mm. how far they are. I'm sure Nick can elaborate on that. Um, I was going to say, Nick, I don't want to push you to betray eyes. any secrets, but is, is is this a discussion that's ongoing about the role of the championship? No, there, there, there's, 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 no, there's no secret here at all. It's been, it, uh, it's been very transparent. Um, you know, if um, the, the, we, we, one of the things that I have tried to do during my tenure as secretary is to add significant amount of transparency about what's going on in the county league. So that, 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 that extends to decisions that we make and committee minutes and uh, executive meetings and all that. So this is, this is pretty much in the public domain. Um, you know, the, the uh, Middlesex Championship clubs voted unofficially, unanimously to join the county league. Um, not that they'd had an invite to join, but it was indicative of what they wanted to do. And, that, um, and also at the AGM, uh, in November, there will be a vote put to the county league clubs to do a phased migration of the Middlesex Championship starting in the 2020 season. 2020, so next year? Next year, yes. Okay, interesting. And that, interesting. And that phased migration is real. Is, uh, and the reason we're doing it phased and not... And not like one stop like we did with the with the, the with the with the 1987 league. Is the 1987 league was a very simple fit, and it was just bolted on very easily with no real consequential amounts of admin. <laughs> there were there were precious few new clubs, but uh, that's significantly different with the championship. So the idea is that we would the proposal is that we will take the division the current division one of the championship first elevens. And the current Division One of the Championship Second Elevens and, cre- and create a Division Four of the County League in 2020, and then the remainder of the clubs will join in 2021. That's the proposal that's going to lead. There is only one. There, there's no. Um, that's not cut into two pieces. That's one vote. You know, we're, right. there, there's no intent. There's no intention to. Uh, Take the top guy, take the top league, and then just abandon the remainder. It's the, the you know the the you know, the vote will be we're taking them all, but in a phased process or none at all. And facilities issues will it, will, it, will that check still yeah. be in place somewhere? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean you know you you can you, I mean you're re- you're reading or you're getting all the stuff before the, all the executive comes out. So uh, executive minutes come out. So um, part also of the process of. Um, of the transition and giving us some time is that an exercise will be undertaken whereby all of the Middlesex Championship clubs will all be given a grading of sorts with regard to their facilities. And um, that grading 
will define the maximum level that they can attain within the county league structure. Okay. No, that, that sounds... It sounds plausible. I don't want to get. I mean, AGMs are always rock and roll when you're secretary, Nick. I know that, but this one sounds like it's going to be a particularly interesting one because we've got, you know, got some really interesting changes that are proposed there. So um, there's plenty so of other ones. Oh, there's plenty of there's plenty of other changes. More. Well, we'll get back to those, Nick. I'm, I'm conscious yeah, of, of sure. time a little bit. It does sound like things are moving, and that's always always interesting. Last question I had for you actually on, uh, on, on this sort of stuff was about the county cricket club. Um, you know, we, we all wish Middlesex County Cricket Club well, and and. Um, you know, that th- they have their ups and downs, but they've always been very supportive of, of our league. Um, can you say just a little bit about the nature of that relationship? I mean, do, do you have um, regular discussions with people up in the county league and, and up in the county club? What, what's, what, where, where do we start with that? Uh, well, I personally don't. The, the relationship with Middlesex is managed exclusively by Bob Baxter, the chairman of the league. Right. Pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah. I would say the relationship between us is good in many ways and could be better in other ways. They're very support the the, the Middlesex, Middlesex County Cricket Club are very supportive of our initiatives. The area from a personal perspective that I don't feel that they've been uh, sufficiently supportive of is uh, getting their fringe players playing in the county league. That's right. the, I mean, and I have quite, I'm, you know, and the, these are my personal views. They're not, they're not league views. But, of course, yeah. Um, uh, but I think now it, it's slightly different, more difficult now because Middlesex as a county have, have trimmed their staff quite a lot. But, um, you know, other counties, I think, would be, would be more stringent about having their fringe players playing in the Middlesex, in the Middlesex League. I don't believe that... Um, that uh, the Birmingham the, the people contracted to Warwickshire would be allowed to go and play in Liverpool. Yeah, that's, that's not the way they generally out. roll. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and can and, I ask a question? Uh, Sorry, Nick. Can I go on? Yes, Karen. please. Wait, wait, no, no. That's a good no, question. No, in terms of the obviously the allocation set early in the season regarding yeah. which players will pay for which club on paper, is yeah. is the decision for them to play managed by the player, or is it Alan Coleman or someone else within the club who looks at workload? injuries, etc., and decides yes. you can play this week or no, you can't? Well, um, this year, I will say, with in all credit to Alan Coleman, is that uh, the, the amount of communication that took place between him and the clubs was, was a sea change to what has ever been done before. You know, he set up a WhatsApp group and, uh, you know, and communicated early in the week to all the clubs about who was available and who was not available. Uh, the, you know, so I think this year was significantly better in that regard. Um, and he decides who can play and who can't play. And, uh, but he, and in conjunction with, uh, I think primarily Bob and to some extent the players themselves, you know, we get to the allocation. I mean, it has been a matter of some, you know, debate and discussion and disagreement amongst the Middlesex staff about, you know, allocations. Players not wanting to go to certain clubs and that type of stuff. I've got no idea what you mean, Nick. I've got no, no angle on this whatsoever. But, um, <laughs> but you know, um, you know, and it's so it, so in that respect, it's quite difficult. But you, know, I remember Angus Fraser saying that that uh, when when there was an issue, and there's been a variety of issues, and and we had to put some emergency rules in in one season about Middlesex players. I remember Angus Fraser saying that he had no obligation to make the playing field fair in the county league. 
with regard to Middlesex allocation players. And that's true. I believe that it's our job as the Middlesex <laughs> executive to ensure that the Middlesex County Cricket Club do not distort the fair balance of the county league. Well, I think so, this is uh, a tough one, Nick, and I, I, I should be a bit more open. Obviously, we're, we're, Twickenham's a long way from Lords, and most of these guys who play for Twickenham, um, unless they come from our hood, don't don't live round by us. And and trekking round to Twickenham Green, you know, you know, with our wonderful outfield, uh, um, and you know, it, it's not nearly as attractive as say playing much closer, <laughs> where you know, somewhere like Finchley, maybe. Um, so so we, we've traditionally felt that we, we've never got you know the rubber the green in terms of the players. But what we would say is we, we totally get why. We totally get what's going on here. You know, Middlesex County Cricket Club has to try and get Middlesex winning. Well, what happens with with the clubs in the league is got to be secondary for those guys. So we've sort 100%. of stopped stop, stop worrying about it. To be honest, we'll take take whoever is allocated to us and we'll we'll welcome them in and we'll, we'll you know we'll force them to eat a bry uh, as is the way. Um, but we hmm. you know we, we've long since sort of got over worrying about it too much. I mean, we were allocated Tim Murta one year and. Um, you know, the last thing Tim Murtaugh would want to do is turn up at Twickenham Green and be asked to bowl ten overs after a a tough week, mm. a tough week sort of ploughing around uh, the, the you know the, the county championship. So we get it, and I suggest other clubs want to think of it in in, the, in that way as well. If the dice falls luckily for you, great. If it doesn't, just get on with it. I think well, also yes, here. I, well, sorry, go on. What I was going I to just, say I, is that the, is that the dice does appear to fall in favour of some clubs more than others. Yeah, that's life, though, isn't it? Really, and and I say that as a club, we don't feel we've been particularly lucky. But you know, in the in the end, when we've done well as a club, it's been because we've had a strong unit that's played good cricket as a team. Um, and very rarely of our Middlesex players, when we've had them, um, contributed that much that, that they've been significantly better, or, or they've they've done mm. stuff that, that that we feel has been truly outstanding. I totally get some clubs have you know have had more luck than others, but I think it's one of those tough ones, Nick. I'm not sure what the perfect answer is. Yeah, I don't believe I there is a. I don't believe there is a perfect answer to it. At, I don't yeah. believe there's a perfect answer at all. So I'm watching the credits with this. I was just going to say. I was mm. going to say. I mean, obviously, you know, you, this good and bad experience of the whole situation. But the clubs who do bring through their young young players do benefit in the long run. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ealing and North Middlesex have both had cricketers come through the system, gone and played professionally, and yet can still turn out for them. So I'm sure, you know, obviously the incentive is for all clubs to produce their home homegrown cricketers you can play professionally in the long run um, but having having that it does give you that added advantage so for instance Bambas play for Northwood this season when available um, Holman and Cracknell obviously you've got Robbie White at Ealing in the past where they can see play for them Podmore so you know, if, you, if you've got your own players coming through and, and, and they're still within the system itself then obviously there's more chance you're going to have your contracted players playing for you if you haven't got that then obviously it's a difficult situation like you've experienced that's with Kenham itself in the past, well, I, uh, I think that's a very fair point, you know. And a lot of clubs benefit simply because they they produce these players. And um, um, I don't think it's always easy to produce players, you know, in, unless you're in not. the top flight. Yeah, then then often, you know, good young cricketers will gravitate to the good clubs at the moment. So it becomes like a, a virtuous circle for the for the really big clubs. But again, do I have a better answer for this? No, I think it's it's one problem that you just got to sort of do what you can and then move on, really. Guys, I was going to ask, running a little bit out of time here. Nick, back back to you very quickly. Annual dinner uh, coming up yes. um, in the next few days. Yes. Any idea how many folks we're going to have there? Can you tell us much about it? Yeah, uh, yeah. The menu, <laughs> the menu, menu's been done. Uh, Vic Marks is going to be speaking. You will know why that is, Dan. I have a rough idea. Yes, the, the, yes. I, I think I could probably tell the world actually that uh, Clint Please. McKay, the former 
a former player of Twickenham CC and, and hopefully a future player of Twickenham CC as well, is um, is going to marry Vic Marks's daughter <laughs> the day after uh, the annual dinner. And he's coming to the annual dinner. So I think everyone should be morally obliged to try and get him as uh, as blind drunk as possible. But yeah, that's um, that's going to be an interesting weekend for Clint. And we're great. It's great that Vic Marks can come along and uh, and speak on that weekend too. So good, good coup, I think, for you guys. He's going to be an interesting speaker. Yeah, very, yeah, very much so. Terrific speaker. We will also be having a Q&A with some Middlesex players and we will also be having the uh, biggest awards ceremony that we've ever had because we will be awarded 14 league titles. We've got um, four uh, players of the year. We've got three... Um, come on, Nick. What are you, three fair play awards? We've got, we've got, uh, we've got. We're gonna have to start about three winners. o'clock at this rate, Nick. We've got no, the twenty twenty to... winners. We've got the Middlesex Cup winners, and we've got uh, so three new awards this year as well that I have. That I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disclose. Fantastic. And in terms of people going, um, we're talking a couple I of think hundred. We're 300? expecting three three hundred and fifty. We expect. I mean, you know, we do have. We now have. 140 teams. Well, it was actually 139 last year, but 140 teams, and each team has two. <coughs> excuse me, uh, two tickets allocated, and then you know, obviously, teams that do well bring more people. So we're expecting 350, I think. Yeah, and there's, there's really no better place to have an annual dinner, an annual meeting uh, than Lords, right? I mean, it, there's no better, arguably, no better place in the world. So uh, it should be as it always is. Um, a cracking night and looking forward to it. Um, in terms of the AGM, I was just going to ask you about that. So, so we have a date and you'll be circulating yeah. info quite soon. It's going to be end of November, yes. right? Uh, uh, yes, the, 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 the uh, notice will go out uh, in the next few days. No, in so a week. I've got, I've got plenty of time to, in, to get it out with it within the due time. Oh, I don't think anyone's knocking at your door feeling hard done by Nick. Don't worry. Yeah, we, we know we'll get it in good time, which is, which is always good. Um, last question then, guys. 2020, um, so next year, as, as opposed to not, not T20. Um, obviously, North Middlesex won the title. And in, our, in one of our next pods, we're hoping to speak to some of the North Middlesex guys about their fantastic year. What are you expecting? If I was to say one thing about the 2020 what, that you're looking forward to or expecting to see or interested by, what would you come up with? Sal, first go? What, what are you going to be looking out for next season? Mine is to see if North Middlesex can actually retain the title. Because it's such mm-hmm. a hard job to win it in the first place that it's actually even harder to retain the next season because you are the team to beat. You're the one that everybody wants to have the scalp of and say we've beaten last year's champions. I mean, obviously, Richmond this year found it really difficult. Uh, and obviously, Ealing had a great seat, sort of set of season where they continued winning year after year. But since then, it's become quite a tricky thing to sort of replicate. So I'm interested to see how they get on. I know, speaking to some of the players in the season as well, it, this was kind of their make or break year from what they told me because couple of them become fathers during the winter. Uh, the younger guys obviously may be playing more for Middlesex potentially. There's some university commitments coming into play as well now. So it'll be interesting what kind of side they have next season. They retain the same squad. Obviously, they'll be a, a force to beat. But there's always a new new sort of up-and-coming pretender in the league, isn't there? So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to. Makes sense, Nick. Yeah, I was trying to think about that. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any rule change that, that is going to make things particularly interesting. I, I would like one thing I will say about the AGM, if you permit me, is that I would dearly love some of the clubs to take a bit more of an active interest in what goes on in the league by actually putting forward some ideas for, yeah. to be voted on at the AGM. I don't recall 
the last time there was anything voted on or discussed at the AGM, which was actually, uh, sorry, voted on, there was stuff discussed, voted on at the AGM that has been proposed by one of the clubs. You know, it's always left down to the league executive to do. And um, I don't think that that's particularly helpful. Uh, you know, when Is I go around, as mm -hmm. I'm chairman of the Hampstead, and I go around to lots of clubs and, and I hear other chairmen having ideas and they'll complain about this and complain about that. And I say to them that, you know, if they don't like something, they can propose an idea to change it. And and it is tumbleweed every year when I send out the note saying you've got four weeks to put forward a proposal to the you know, to the AGM. So hopefully this year, you know, somebody will come up with, um, you know, with, you know, with something, you know, something to try and move uh, to move the game forward. People, I can't I, myself. Laurie Allen, Keir Hopley, John Reeve, and Bob Baxter cannot be the only people that have any idea. That's the league executive for anyone who's, who's interested why I made those names. Uh, cannot be the only people that have got any ideas about how to move the game forward and are prepared to actually put their name behind it. Fair comment. Fair comment. I mean, my, from where I am as well, um, I, I think the league is, is coming on leaps and bounds. And there's one thing I'd like to see more of. And that, and, and I speak as a club that's already got this, and, and you have, Nick, and that's the use of something like pitch vision. Um, we, we've, this year at Twickenham, had all of our games on the green uh, live on YouTube. And I, I put my hand up. I was a sceptic at the beginning. I thought, do, do we really need this? And it, it's been nothing short of a revelation because uh, people from our club can watch, watch games wherever they are in the world. And I was watching them from China for a period this year. Um, and I, I think it's been fantastic because you can actually watch yourself bat and bowl. You can you, you can see highlights packages of individuals. I'm not on commission, I should say that, but I, I think it's been it's been fantastic. So I think if, if more clubs can move along that route, it's it's really useful way of uh, of learning more about your game. And of course, we've had one or two YouTube moments when daft things have happened, as, as you know, as does happen on Village Greens that that we've got now recorded for posterity and and, and will be watched time and time again. Um, over the years, so that's that's one of my hopes that more and more clubs uh, dive into that and and give it a go. If I um, if I can just 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 say one thing to reply to that, I agree a hundred percent. What I do think, however, is that we just need to be careful that we don't end up with the uh, the uh, my action replay or the quick vision or whatever it, whatever it is as being some sort of kangaroo court for the umpires. Because oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they are, they are. There are occasions where they're used in that way, and um, it's not helpful. You know, we we only exist. We only exist because we've got umpires to officiate our games. We need to be doing everything we can to encourage them. And using quick, using quick vision or any or my action replay to you know to forensically take apart a decision that an umpires make. And put that out on social media is not helpful. Well, I hope that's and it has, and it has, and oh, okay. it has happened. I'm going to say that's that's really happened. not not the way that that should be. One thing I would say, we've used it the other way around, Nick. And um, as I say, I totally buy that because everyone makes mistakes. But the people we're after are the batsmen who are never out. Every club's got <laughs> half a dozen of them. And was you, you know that LBW that was going four yards down leg? Eh, not really. It was pretty damn close to leg. You were out. And we've had a number of those at Twickenham where people have claimed they weren't out. Well, you know, the evidence would say that you were, it was much closer than you're telling us. So, and, and even then, we're not taking it seriously when we say that. We're just It's just quite a nice little tool to deal with those guys that every club has who are just never, ever out. 
anyway, as I said, I totally get the limitations, but for me, it's been a revelation. And I, I'd really hope that um, that other clubs would, would think about it as, as possibly a way forward. Folks, we've we've gone on quite a long time here. I think there's been some really interesting ground covered. Certainly plenty more to, to get our teeth into when we next convene. Um, but in the meantime, um, winter well, folks. Don't, uh, don't do anything I wouldn't. And we'll hopefully chat again in a couple of weeks. Well, I'll see, hopefully be, I'll see you all at the league dinner on the 19th, 18th, 18th of, uh, 18th of the month. Absolutely. I, I forgot forward, about that. I look, forward to, I, look, I look forward to it very much. Cheers. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Sal. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Bye.